Frigorific Alienism. This is the focus group. They're all business, except when they're not. It's the focus group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. We are the Focus Group, and we've got some new technology we're trying out today. But to uh, look at us and some old technology and everything else that we do, head over to focusgroupradio.com, and uh, be sure to catch our Tuesday podcast, which is just 20 minutes of audio, which uh, we kind of like doing, and then our Wednesday show, which you're watching currently, is released every week at 1 p.m. East. And uh, for those of you that have followed the focus group for the last 14 years, it's uh, a lot of the nonsense you used to. So hello, Mr. Nash. <laughs> well, I'm trying to decide, um, you know, if our new technology is going to work okay. We're Yes, we're using a new platform, which is supposedly easier to bring us together than Skype and whatever else we were using. And this allows us to have a lot of guests on. And we can also do live shows again and have people come on and play games, et cetera. Which oh, really? Yeah, I think that could be kind oh, of I didn't fun. know we could do that. That'd be fun. Yeah, that'd be fun. I um, it, It's cold out here in the second week or, yeah, I guess second week of January. I just saw coming over the screen. I don't know if you saw breaking news, Mr. Nash. I don't know if it's breaking news. But um, old Ted Cruz, senator from uh, Texas, his daughter has announced that she agrees with nothing that her father does and that they had uh, – modified the Christmas card that went out to make her clothes more conservative and that she's a bisexual. Couldn't happen to a nicer family, huh? So here's what I want to know about that. There was rumor that the daughter had issues with her dad. I did don't know if, uh, and then it was shot down, but this, is this definitely coming from like a trusted news source? Well, well, yeah, Adam sank. <laughs> so, <laughs> For those there of you, you go, listening right. in DNR, but it came, it, it was LGBTQ Nation announced. Apparently, she went on TikTok and did a whole big expose, and people were upset. They felt that uh, she was being outed by LGBTQ oh, Nation, but somebody said no. She posted it on social media that she identifies as a bisexual and agrees with basically nothing that her <laughs> father, father spews. So I thought it was quite. Quite funny. I love when that stuff happens. I just, you can't, you know, it's, it's, you, you can't make it up, right? I mean, it's the best, best sort of thing. Hey, Tim, what was the name of the, you know, remember Don in Alabama sent us the Alabama gift box and there was a t shirt from some bar where people, like guys could strip naked? Was it Swinging Richards? I wore it the okay. other night. So, so wouldn't it be hysterical? One of my night it's a, it's a, it's one of your bedtime shirts. Wouldn't it be um, funny if, it came across the wire that old lady Graham was seen at uh, Swingin' Richards, you know, with pictures too. That would be actually much better, right? Well, I was upset that they didn't they didn't probe further with the ladybug comments. Apparently, he's got a bunch of moles around his unit, and a bunch of the strippers in D.C. that have slept with him. Allegedly, the escorts. His nickname was Ladybug because he had all these little moles around his unit. That'd be easy to figure out. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. By the way, listen, not not to go off track, but I will now since we kind of brought this up. I was I know you're you uh you're a big fan, but Bob, your your husband's a huge fan of Liberace. Mm-hmm. And I was watching an interview that Scott Thorson, 
you know, he's gone off the rails. You know, the one who was Liberace's uh, lover, the lover, lover. The, right? Well, did you know that he had a, after Liberace, he had a very, um, I guess, toward love affair with Michael Jackson. Seriously? That's what he said. He was all over the radio on Sirius XM saying how he slept with Michael Jackson and doesn't believe Michael Jackson did any, didn't diddle any of those little kids you know, that he was accused of. But that uh, Michael Jackson was also a top, which the, the, the radio folk were like, oh, come on now. <laughs> the radio folk. <laughs> but what show was this that you were listening to? You know, it was something on Sirius XM, which, um, you know, who knows what it was. But I was going to say it was Opie and Anthony, but it wasn't. Obviously, they're not there. It could have been an old broadcast, but it popped up because I, I was laughing about um, – that one scene in the movie where Michael Douglas is in the caftan, that gold lame yeah. caftan, and comes out and says, sorry, I'm so informal, which I just thought was hilarious. So Richard and I were talking about that. So when I went to pull it up, that Scott Thorson's name came up, and apparently he had relationships with Richard, uh, oh, God, why am I going to forget? Rock Hudson used to be over all the time. They would do three ways, allegedly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for the allegedly comment, because that that kind of sets this in a certain perspective. And we know that in the what was it behind the candelabra uh, was yeah, the that was the movie that, or the, and, and yeah. the Thorson character was played by Matt Damon. Right. Matt Damon. <laughs> well, it's amazing to me how much this Thorson now, because he had all that Liberace, got him all that plastic surgery, how much he does look like a young Liberace. And he even talks like him. Same voice yeah. inflection. Well, you know, he's, he's very. So anyway, yeah. Oh, and he also had sex with Loretta Lynn. Apparently she liked to smoke the pot, allegedly. <laughs> this this was one hell of a show you were listening to. This all came out. It. Yeah, I'll, I'll post it to our Facebook, uh, our Facebook page, which if, if they let it run at uh, Focus Group Radio on our on our Facebook page, I'll post the interview. I was shocked because of all the news that was coming up, but I didn't know if whether he was maybe not a credible source, but he, he was pretty, pretty full steam ahead about what he did and who he did it with. <laughs> full steam ahead, what he did and who he did it with and who he diddled. Yeah. yeah. And who he diddled. Yeah. So that was my, uh, my little diversion of the kind of, of the week of, of my scan of the news. That could have been a whole, I guess those stories could have been a whole, uh, unbuttoned. They could have been. And you know, it, Prior to the world we live in with everything that takes place in five minutes, then it's old news. That could have been a week's worth of news, two weeks worth of news stories, right? Scandal right. and shock. Yeah. So so for those of you new joining us, welcome. And uh, so John and I do our opening banter, and then we do something we call Caught My Eye, which we each find a news story and report on it, or, or something that, that uh, attracted us in the media. Then uh, we usually have a sponsor segment with our friends at Deep Discount, and uh, although this week I don't think we're doing one. And then later on, sometimes John surprises us, and we throw in news from the hermit hermit kingdom. Our friends in North Korea have been shooting off missiles again, by the way. <laughs> I know they had a ground stop of airlines last week because of the missiles missiles being shot on the West Coast. And uh, then we do a shop talk, which is a business story-ish. Yeah. Kind of a long, longer-form discussion, which... Uh, we might revisit that in the future, so we'll see. So anyway, what what uh, what caught your eye this week, Mister Nash? What caught your eye? Here's what Tim and John found. You'll appreciate this one. It is a solution to rats in New York City, a rat problem that we're having in town. Oreo cookies may actually solve some of our rat problems here in the city. 
You know, Brian Roman sent this to us from Admark 360, and I, I totally forgot about it, so I'm glad you brought it forward. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this there's this device that uh, came over from Europe. It's a box about two feet tall. It's housed in a plain green. It's plain green metal. And um, besides its innovative design and the noxious chemicals that are in there, it's a rat trap, basically. And I, Bob would call it a bucket of death. Um, and the way the rats are lured into this usually is peanut butter Oreo cookies are the are the best thing to bring them in. And what happens is the scent of the cookies crumbled and placed in top of the compartment of this two-part trap. So there's this like top part that the rats can all go in, and then there's this trap door they fall through. Um, for a week or so, they'll let this box sit out by a restaurant and let the rodents just kind of run free and enjoy the their free little Oreo treats. And then after the rats get comfortable, um, they turn on the device so that when a rat goes in and pauses for a moment, a trap door opens and they fall into this blue chemical and basically bait and switch. Um, well, yeah, yeah. Now, would you be surprised if I told you that PETA was very upset with this this new method of catching uh, rats? So that and they're probably upset that they're eating the processed Oreos too, because <laughs> that's not that's not a natural habitat food, is it? I guess in New York it might be. So it's people for the ethical treatment of animals. Uh, they prefer rodent control that focuses on garbage cleanup and sealing entry points, not finding new ways to torment and kill small animals who are simply trying to live their lives, just like any other New Yorker. Any other New Yorker would tell you they're not going to be <laughs> they're not going to be upset by these green boxes with the fluids. Interestingly, um, this rat trap distribution, this rat trap device was licensed by a guy in Westchester named Pat Marino. And uh, he considers himself like a ratologist, but basically he bought or leased 15,000 of these things. And, and now he's leasing them out to different places in town for $250 a month. And they come in service and they will wrap the dead rodents double wrapped before they dispose the carcasses. I have no idea where they put the carcasses. They didn't say that, but um, he hopped on this thing when he saw this and now he's going around and, and people are thrilled. And our new mayor, Eric Adams actually got wind of this, this trap thing and thought this is like the best thing since sliced bread. I got to get my hands on it. So um, he's even, he's even a proponent. So I guess Pete is going to have him in their sights as well. <laughs> so what do they do? What's that blue liquid? Is it window washer fluid? You know, um, the or, or, the article said it was a noxious, it's a combination. Oh, here it is. The proprietary formula that's poured into the bottom of the sh machine is mostly alcohol and that the vapors knock the rat unconscious. He tops the solution off with sunflower, sunflower oil to eliminate the odor from decomposition. That's kind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I thought it was just something you've seen the ones on YouTube where the rats go up the pail, then they go to, you know, they, they're precariously and then they fall in the bucket. Yeah. They this is how Bob eliminated our chipmunk population upstate. He, he had the, <gasps> the bucket of death and they, they would go on. Then he hear the little, ch -ch -ch -ch. now on the topic of Oreos, I have a bit of a surprise for you. We got a care package from our Fort Worth fan and I'm putting up all the flavors that were sent to us. I am going to save these cause I know I'm coming down to Rehoboth soon, but we got, Apple cider donuts, Java chip. Mm, looks huh. good. Good with uh, coffee. Salted, salted caramel brownie flavor. I've never heard of this one before. No. And chocolate and hazelnut. So I'll, I could preserve, I, I could leave these be till you and I do a taste test down in Rehoboth, but this is from Fort Worth fan. And he also sent me, 
Yeah, we could do it together. That'd be good. We'll be, we'll be together. We could do the show. And then check this out. This is Key Lime Kit Kat Bar. Oh, wow. I've seen those in Japan, I think. They're, well, guess what? They taste great. I had, I sadly ate one. I don't know if, I'll, maybe I'll save the other one for you to, <laughs> for you to sample well, Kate's, when I Kate's, Kate's looking to make you key lime ice cream after we talked about it last week. So. I wonder if Fort Worth fan heard about key lime pie my, being a favorite flavor of mine after had to have. one yeah, of our yeah. broadcasts. Yeah. So, so that's from Fort Worth. So, Oreos played a role in two stories. It was our, our Brian Roman three and Mark three sixty let us know, and I had found the story as well about the new rat traps. They're basically buckets of death. And if you want chipmunks and stuff out of your life, you fill a bucket with water, put some sunflower seeds, put a little board up. They walk up, they see the sunflower seeds, they go in, and then cover your ears because you'll hear little. So that would bother me. We've got at the boathouse. We have something that they eat. And then they run out into the river to drink, and they drink themselves to death, essentially. Because it it makes them dehydrated. Thirsty. Yeah. 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 But we had one that died. I, I, this was gross. Brian had posted it. was in my locker. It tried to get through the little slats and got its body caught. <laughs> and Brian's got a video of it. It's gross. I want to go near the locker. Poor thing. Poor thing. All yeah. right. So what caught your eye, sir? Mine's a little more basic. I saw this pop up. Um, Cassandra Peterson, or we know her as uh, Elvira. She um she had come out in September. There was a whole thing of of stars that had announced that they were um, LGBTQ, uh, kind of a year end roundup of 2021. And they interviewed Elvira. She was on a on a uh, a podcast somewhere, and they said that uh, they asked her how it was since she came out, and she said that she was um, certainly relieved, and she said it, she was happy to have it out there. She said that uh, she went on to say that the secrecy on her subject was. For her, the secrecy of being a lesbian for for two decades while she was in the public wasn't anything new. She said, I also was married with a kid. And uh, she said, I didn't want that known either because she said, I can't believe that as my character, Elvira, anybody would want to think I'm doing dishes and laundry. So um, (laughs) and so she was always out chasing guys and, you know, kind of this straight, straight horn dog. But what she said, her biggest concern about coming out initially was that she was concerned that the she wasn't so concerned about. Um, what straight people thought, she said she was concerned about her gay fan base and whether they would turn against her for being in the closet for so long. And she says that doesn't seem to be the case. The people who are mad are the old horny men, she said. She said she lost 11,000 horny old men fi- followers on her social media when she came out. She said, I knew there was going to be some sort of horny old men out there that just weren't going to like the fact that they didn't have a chance with me anymore she said on the, on the podcast and then she laughed and said and i hate to tell them it's not like they would have ever had a chance anyway <laughs> so the uh the 70 year old queen of hollywood said uh that when she did shock her fans about her two decade long romance with her partner Teresa, that uh, everybody did flip out but uh, she immediately lost eleven thousand followers she didn't say what social media um uh, platform she lost the followers on but as the week progressed she picked up an additional 60,000 new ones so all in all she said the 11,000 that immediately uh, she lost the 60,000 certainly made up for that of uh, of new fans that uh, that are now following her so that's uh, our friend Elvira I um, the 11,000 I would take the 60 plus 60,000 gain over the 11 loss any day right yeah that's what she said. And she said, you know, it was mostly horny old men from what she could gather. So I don't know. She probably was able to figure out based upon or somebody that works for her or with her 
figured out what she lost or what types of people she lost based upon a platform, I guess, that she was on. But she wouldn't announce. She didn't announce what the social media platforms were. So, um, well, what's your guess? Facebook or Instagram? Because I doubt I don't it was know. Twitter. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not. You know, I. You and I are both kind of bad on social media in terms of. Um, we like it and we watch it, but in terms oh, of I love social it, media. I recommend books and movies to friends in person all the time. I just don't throw it online. <laughs> yeah, you know, what I mean, it's it's so so yeah. But somebody like her, I'm sure. I was trying to say I. You know, maybe it was Instagram. If I was to guess, maybe it was Instagram. But I, I would put my money on Instagram as well. Yeah. All right. Now I think we're going to take folks to one of our favorite places. Uh-oh. Oh, and what would that be? It would be news from the Hermit Kingdom. Hermit? See, I even gave you a news from the Hermit Kingdom slide. There's a, listen, I'll tell you what. It was hard to find a triplet slide because that's what's going on in the Hermit Kingdom. Now, this is an evergreen North Korean little story that I found that I enjoyed. I mean, they're always doing something wacky, but you love the number three, John. Yes. You always say things should be done in threes. Well, that the, 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 dear, the dear leader, Kim Jong-un, uh, agrees with you that uh, three is a magic number. And uh, the uh, Democratic People's Republic of Korea, or North Korea, has a fascination with triplets. And they said that uh, triplets are very rare, and they're much rarer than tw twins, according to statistics. So they said less than 0.1% of births result in triplets. So the birth of triplets is quite an unusual occasion. And uh, will be a, certainly a surprise for the couple because you have to readjust your future. It's also interesting to note that these cases are of very, very much uh, interest for the folks in the Hermit Kingdom. So they've developed quite a cult around triplets, which uh, they are treated as a special occasion. So whenever anybody has triplets in, the, uh, in North Korea, it's a special occasion. Now, there are some instances, allegedly, where they say, depending upon the family, that uh, the state, Kim Jong-un and his folks, will take the triplets away from the, from the family. They really will and, do that? Yeah, because they're so rare and it's such a, such, a, uh, such a good thing that they'll take them away and they'll make sure that they're protected until they're about 14 or 15 and then they'll send them back to one of those, uh, you know, pigeon coops in Pyongyang. But, um, so, but there's also special rules about naming triplets in North Korea. So anyone, if you're familiar with it, uh, so and, and the fact that there was Kim Il-sung and Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-un, so they're three. So they so this is the magical thing there because there were the three, <laughs> three leaders. So these three triplets are the reincarnation, of course, of probably the dear leaders. So when a North Korean woman gives birth to triplets, the kids should be named in a certain way. And when it combines, it spells out an ide ideological slogan. So an example would be some recent triplets were born, Cho Kang-guk, Cho Sung-guk, and Cho Thai-guk. And when you say that all together, the way it's spelled is Kang Sung Thai-guk, which means strong, prosperous nation. So another example would be a family of quadruplets, which is even more rare. They had to take the first syllables of the names, and that ended up spelling out defense of the fatherland. So when you named, when you put all the kids together, so it'd be kind of like, I guess, in the U.S., if you said 
I, this is defense. This is of land. And this is fatherland. Uh, it was defense of the fatherlands here. The triplets. Other suitable naming combinations could be Rong Dong Dang, which means workers party. Chung Sang Shim, which means loyalty. And Chung Pak Fan, which means explosives. The latter isn't a, ref a reference to ammunition, by the way. It signifies that the triplets are ready to become living bombs, ready to die for the supreme leader. Once you're born, once the triplets are born, the family gets a helicopter ride. The authorities send a helicopter to the happy mother and takes the happy mother and the baby's home. Then the birth is reported in the newspaper, it must be done, um, with these well-chosen names, which will help reinforce the message to everybody of the greatness of the leader and uh, the North Korean system. And it doesn't stop there. The triplets are then given presents that officially come from the leader himself. Usually jewelry, if the triplets are girls, are given golden rings. Then they receive societal benefits for the rest of their lives. It's easier for triplets, uh, for instance, to get a military career and be highly ranked within the military. It might seem crazy, but the dear leader said that this is uh, that this is the way it is, and his wisdom should never be questioned. There's also a triplet song. The song is called A Really Good World. And the main character is an old man, <laughs> and the triplets are his grandchildren. Everything's there for a music video. There's a helicopter flying in the background. And the lyrics say that the birth has been reported in the proper newspaper. Of course, as is normal with North Korea, it's jammed with uh, ideology. And uh, so the refrain from the song says, yes, uh, the world of the Workers' Party is a really good world, and my socialist country is a really good world. The song ends with the triplets, all male in this case, being sent off to the People's Army. Logical choice, of course. Um, but this is one of the strange birthrights in North Korea. Triplets. You know, um, as you were doing this, I was remembering the Pee Wee Christmas special. And do you know one of the musical guests from the uh, Pee Wee Christmas special? The Del Rubio triplets. <laughs> <laughs> so had they been born in, in the Hermit Kingdom, they would have had a oh, helicopter yeah. ride. I wonder what their names would have been, you know. <laughs> Well, their names probably would have been, uh, let's see, we could have done Workers' Party. I mean, anything for the state, you know, paradise. It has to be for the state, though, right? Yeah, it has to be related to the state and how hard hard everybody works for the, you know, to make things so special. But, you know, you just, I, I you know, if it, if it wasn't so horrible to his people, it would be comical, right? But yes. it is comical, but he's just such a, you know, a dictator, tyrant. And then, of course, as Nancy Pelosi refers to him, what's his name? was over there messing around when he should have been doing other stuff here, but here at home. So, uh, there you our, go. Our, All right. Our so former dear leader <laughs> news from the hermit kingdom. We had caught our eye. We are now uh, going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have business birthday and a very fun shop talk that Tim found. So stay with us and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. Now back to The Focus Group with Tim and John. Available pretty much everywhere. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Focus Group. Tim Bennett here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Mr. John T. Nash. 
We are the focus group. Be sure to follow along with us each week on any of our social media, which is branded focus group radio or our Facebook, uh, I'm sorry, or our website, which is focusgroupradio.com. And you can find all of our media housed there, including our Tuesday podcast, TFG Unbuttoned. And you also, I think our, our agency is there too, triberry.co. Isn't that, is that located on that website too? I think it is. We should have it. I should take care of that, actually. I should put a little thing there. You know, check out, try, I'll put our logo. How's that? We could put our logo yeah, up there. I thought it might be there, but maybe we'll have to, I'll have to go back and well, look. I'm there all works, the time. It works the other way. The Triberry site hooks into Focus Group. I'm That's not sure it goes, right. But you know what? You Excellent marketing point. You bring up a great point. I should have it switch around so it, uh, so it does it the right way. Yeah. Anything exciting, Mr. Nash, with uh, the land in New York City with uh, your new mayor? No. Well, so far, you know, except that horrific fire that happened up in the Bronx over the weekend, which made huge yeah. news. And when they showed the interior of the building, I was like, oh, my God, I can imagine living through that or surviving. No, it's the same everywhere. It's the event rolls on. And uh, I, I, I read a statistic the other day where a, a woman said two out of every two out of 10 friends of hers all had come down with the root cause of the event. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, and then people are just kind of like, okay, we've got to get on with it. Right. So, um, and it's the new, it's I, was, just, yeah, I was concerned I might have it, but I got to go get checked. You, you feel like okay? cold. I am now, but I went through like a fever thing over the weekend where I got really cold and I was sweating. Then I was fine. It was almost like somebody flipped a switch on and off. Then I got, last night again, I got very ill again in the afternoon and I went and laid down, had splitting headache and sweating and... Oh, I would definitely, I, don't, don't you have an easy system for testing down there? Well, we did, um, although I have to check it because uh, Delaware has gone rampant. There are a lot of Trumpers down here in uh, Southern Delaware. So the, uh, the mandates now are all masks all the time in public and in and uh, inside, unless you're eating at a restaurant. Um, they haven't limited um, occupancy yet in restaurants, which I'm, I'm wondering if we're going that way again, although they're saying it's now going to spread across the country. And I guess we're going to... Uh, That's why they gonna, call it a wave. Gonna, yeah. It's going to leave the Northeast and head head West. So if you're, uh -huh. if you're out you there, guys wear your mask. You, you haven't done outdoor masking. Are you Are you free from that? We haven't, no. And uh, this was all new. The governor had signed it. Uh, governor signed it late. Uh, uh, when did he sign? He signed it earlier this week. I think it was Monday. Yeah, he signed it Monday. That mm. uh, there was there was a mask mandate that went into effect on Tuesday, so yesterday. So yeah, the, the I, I I have to agree. Like everybody in the city is now wearing them outside as well. And I was walking down the street yesterday to the post office to drop off some socks for some folks who won socks when they sent us images of uh, deep discount uh, purchases that they made. And there's wind blowing right. And I had my mask off. I'm holding it in my hand, and I got the dirtiest look from this woman who walked by, and she's wearing a mask. And I felt like saying. You know, when you breathed out, I could see my breath, right? It would just go right away. Like there's no, you know what I'm getting at about this? Right. I wish sensibility would come into play. I'm smart enough to know I'm going to wear it inside. But outside with no one around, walking down the street, I can't see. Anyway. I know people can't be trusted, but I think if you're vaccinated, you shouldn't, you know, you should live a normal life. But that's just me. 
Yeah, I would try to get a test though because the symptoms are so mild if you've been vaccinated that some people think it's not even, like it's allergies or just being in the dry heat. So right. I would check that out. All right, yeah. you know what it's time for, right? What's that, Mr. Nick? Everyone does celebrity birthday greetings, but the Focus Group is the only show in the universe that celebrates business birthdays. This one I did for you, Mr. Nash, it was a bit of a stretch to call it a business birthday, but you always say it's career, mm-hmm. so it, um, it fits. So celebrating his 87th birthday today, and I have to tell you, I thought he was dead, was the amazing Kreskin, born George Joseph Kresge. He was born January 12th in 1935. He's 87 today, known as, a, uh, known as Kreskin. He goes by Kreskin instead of Kresge. An American mentalist who became popular in television in the 70s, he said he was inspired by mentalist Lee Falk's comic strip, Mandrake and the Magician, which features a crime-fighting stage magician. He uh, has always presented himself as an entertainer, never as a psychic. And uh, he says he operates more on the basis of suggestion, not the paranormal or supernatural. He's born in New Jersey. From 72 to 75, he had a TV show uh, first in Canada, which I was surprised about. And they distributed it in syndication to the U.S. He'd been on The Tonight Show 61 times. Johnny Carson loved him. From 61? The Amazing Crescent? Yeah. 61 times on Carson. Wow. Okay. Yeah. From 1970 to 1980. And then uh, in the 90s, he, they said he gained prominence again. He had many appearances on Late, uh, Late Night with David Letterman and the Howard Stern uh, radio show. In 2009, he became the first guest to make three appearances on the late on late night with Jimmy Fallon, and they said that he makes predictions, but he does not claim to have any clairvoyant powers. He says he likes to, and he doesn't want to consider himself a psychic. He said one of his best known tricks I never knew this was to find his own check for the current performance, and if he doesn't find it, he doesn't get paid. <laughs> so what they do is they instruct the audience to hide an envelope containing his paycheck. And then he's escorted, or he's escorted off stage in seclusion. They hide his envelope with his paycheck in it. And then he has to come in and uh, he has to hunt through the audience and figure out where it is. He almost always is able to do it. Although in 12 times in 30 years, he's not been able to find the envelope. And uh, that happened most recently in 2018. He was in New York City at the Lion Theater, 42nd Street. They looked for over 30 minutes. He couldn't, in a small theater, he couldn't find the check. And uh, he said, they said he threw his hands up and said, this is the 12th time in 30 years that uh, he was unable to uh, find his check. So he didn't get paid for the gig. <laughs> I like that. I do like that. Yeah, he's still active on uh, New York City uh, News. They said he's on, he also is on CNN. He gives a New Year's Day prediction for the coming year. I've never seen that. Um, I don't know if you've had, he was criticized no. in 02. He made a prediction that there would be a mass UFO sighting in 2002 over Las Vegas on June 6th between the hours of 9.45 and midnight. It was going to be witnessed by thousands of people. And he stated that if there was no sighting, he would donate $50,000 to a charity. So hundreds of people camped out that evening, and uh, they said no sighting occurred. However, on June 6th, uh, I'm sorry, June 8th, Kreskin appeared uh, on a segment called Coast to Coast, the radio, radio show for Art Bell. And uh, he was going to go on there to explain what happened. And so Kresge said, Kreskin said that um, that wasn't really a prediction. It was a total fabrication in order to prove people were susceptible to suggestion post 
So he said he claimed he was concerned that a terrorist with the skills of a mentalist such as himself could pull together a similar stunt involving something much worse. So that was this was really just an experiment. So Art Bell, the radio guy, said, what about the 50K you said you were going to donate to a charity? <laughs> Thank God someone tried to pin him down on that one, right? So you're going to love this. Kreskin claimed that there was indeed a sighting that night. There was, he said there were green, glowing green orbs that were spotted in the sky just before midnight reported by witnesses after the news cameras, of course, already left. And uh, he said because of that reported sighting, Kreskin said his prediction came true and he wasn't going to give the money to any charity. So Art Bell had uh, opined that uh, this publicity stunt, he essentially had enough with Kreskin and he's banned from his show for now on. So... Um, <laughs> He said that really, though, it's just he, he said, really, he's just a um, as I said, he's just uh, somebody that um, talks about suggestion. You talked about how, how Hitler used the same sort of um, hypnotic technique in his speeches and with the torchlight parades and somber drum beating. And really that he, you could just get people to do things by mere suggestion rather than um, being any sort of clairvoyant or anything. However, there's some news. So uh, today, Wednesday, January 12th, 2022, he says, so we all got, I haven't seen it yet, I looked. He says he's releasing a very special announcement on Wednesday, January 12th, today, 2022. This has never been made by him or yours truly in my entire career, and I believe this has never been introduced by anyone in history. So the big doing's going to happen on uh on today, John, January 12th, 2022. Got to see what the Kreskin has to say. The amazing Kreskin. Amazing Kreskin. And yes, this it, this does rank as a business birthday in my book because he's an entertainer, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that, you're exactly right. He says he's entertainment, never a psychic, not a clairvoyant. But, you know, he he used to do a lot of card tricks and stuff, didn't he? With, yes, um, yeah. But I never understood how... You know, Carson would always be well. Carson was a bit of a magician himself. He used to like to do oh, do all that him stuff. and Dick Cavett both. They they, they had yeah. that as their origins. Yeah. So I never understood. Uh, I I would try to watch those things for the sleight of hand and everything, and I could never, I can never figure it out. Now with YouTube, of course, you can Google a lot of things and try or or search a lot of things with YouTube and figure out how they do tricks. But you've got to be very good to uh, do some of those movements. Yeah. So. Did you like Kreskin? Did you used to see him on? Uh, I did. I did. And, you know, when I was so glad you said that you thought he was dead <laughs> because I did, too. When you sent this over, I was putting the deck together, the graphics. And I'm like, I wonder if Tim made a mistake because it had his birthday. Right. And then it says happy 87. And I thought, well, where's the end? Then I realized, no, he's alive because he's 87. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought he was 87 when he was on Carson in the 70s. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we thought he, lo- he looked old then, right? The amazing so, Kreskin, yeah. Amazing Kreskin, yeah. So that's that. So our, um, so we'll have to. I'm going to go back and look at some of those old Carsons. You know, Carsons on every night on uh, Antenna TV or something. I yes, think. yeah, yeah. And I which I love watching game. sometimes. I find it, and sometimes when Sirius runs Carson as audio only, I find it yeah. kind of soothing in a way because they only they they just talk, and it yeah. doesn't seem like there's a lot of rancor or anything like that. Yeah, we I mean, always had some great guests too, of course. The um, our shop talk today is uh, this had popped up in my feed and I went through and looked and I thought I knew had known some of these things. You're probably better at it than me because you're the you're the English SAT guy. But uh, these are nine words that were removed from the dictionary in 20 
21. So it says the English language is comprised of thousands and thousands of words, more than 170,000 in the Oxford English Dictionary. But as language has evolved, a new, new uh, vocabulary, of course, slang and so forth, uh, older words have fallen out of favor. So aside from these major, major dictionaries that would keep just about everything and, and have all sort of words in there, even if they're obsolete or, or more historical focused, the smaller ones for space will get rid of words. So last year, these were the nine words that were removed from a lot of the uh, smaller dictionaries or the uh, not as thorough dictionaries, I guess. So do you want to uh, want to start with the first one there? This one I know. <clears throat> do you? I, I, I was surprised it was removed because I thought it was still used, but it's aerodrome, a British term referring to a landing field for airplanes and related structures. Like, so if you think World War One, World, well, especially World War One with the biplanes, right. those those uh, half those those uh, half shell buildings they used to park the planes, and you know they're curved. I always thought I always assumed an aerodrome was like a grass landing strip, and some of those buildings. I guess they're getting rid of it, right? Yeah. I like aerodrome better than airport. They said airport, I guess, has replaced it, right? But I I like aerodrome. It'd be a good name for a good good name for a bar, don't you think? Or a band, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess a band too. The second word, alienism. I I I guess I kind of thought what this was, but I was wrong. So it says this is an obsolete term for psychiatry. Yes. Which is a study of the treatment of mental illness. I would I would have thought it was Taking on the likes of an alien, I don't know, alienism, alienism. Did you know that word? Yeah, because there was a, a wonderful book called The Alienist, um, which was turned into a TV thing. And he was a detective slash um, psychoanalyst or therapist. So, yeah, I it's an it's an old term. And I guess it just in our day and age, it does maybe have a bit of an odd ring to it. Is that possible? Yeah. This uh, next the one, third one, it's called Brabble. And. Uh, to brabble is to squabble, quarrel, argue, or fight. Considering the number of synonyms readily available for this one word, retiring it was for the best. I have never heard a human being um, in my orbit ever use the word brabble. Like Tim and I brabbled all day. <laughs> yeah, I, I was a rabble rouser, right? Rabble. Yeah. But no, not, never that one. The uh, fourth one, I, I, it's uh, Cherubank. I guess that's how you would say it, or Sharabank, Charabank. It's well, it's French, French so I would say it was Sharabank. Well, the English aren't going to say Sharabank, will they? Charabank. Get over there on the Sharabank. It's like a, a little Britain one. I used to always love when they would do the mariage. <laughs> <laughs> they, would, they would Frenchize, Frenchize some of the English words, which mostly came from France. Yeah, it's a French word meaning wagon with benches. This combination of a bus and a motor coach was used for sightseeing. So they said the word now just belongs to, in historical fiction, Sharabang. I yeah. think that could be I think that could be retired. I have no objection to that. This one I never yeah. heard of as well. This I'm going to pronounce it as delicate. Delicate. Check again. This word is not delicate. Delicate means to amuse or please oneself by indulging in revels. It does, however, come from the Latin word delicate, delicatus, which means delicate. Okay, so the same etymology. Uh, with this confusing etymology, <laughs> it's better than this word that this word dropped that I've used. When was the last time you heard someone use the word delicate? Deliciate. Deliciate. Could it be delicate? 
delicate, delicate, or delicate, delicate, D E L I C I A T. Yes, the I, it's the I A T at the end that throws me. So delicate is D E L I C A T E. Right. So I just thought it was del, delic, delicate. Delicate. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm, we're going to probably get the, the grammar police on our tail, yeah. but that's good. It's that's delicate. Good. It's delicate. <laughs> I next? love this one. I didn't think this one should go away. Frigorific. Now, I, I guess it could, I was going to say frigorific, but frigorific is what I think it is. The word was used to describe something that causes cold or is chilling. Today we have the word frigid, but the older cousin is no longer commonly used. So frigorific, I always think that horrific, like be like horrific, motorific, remember motorific cars? I do, I do, horrific. yeah. But um, honorific, I don't know. So horrific, frig, is that how you'd say it, frigorific? I think you nailed it. Like when I heard you say it, I was like, okay, did you say frigorific to start with? I said frigorific, but when it said it came from frigid, I thought, would it be frigorific? Frigorific. Okay. But doesn't did, fridge have a D somewhere? I don't know. It does. It does. F-R-I-D-G. Frigorific. So frigorific. frigorific. Okay. We're just, hey, look, folks, we're just doing the phonetic thing we were taught. <laughs> yeah, but and as you know, Connecticut public schools were, we were in exploratory hippie mode in the 70s. So we, we, we you know. Yeah, don't, don't, don't shoot the messenger. So this next one, I'm going to pronounce it. It's F-R-U-T-E-S-C-E-N-T. I'm going to say it's frutescent. Yeah, that's what I would have said. Love shrubs. This word means having the appearance of a shrub, frutescent. But Merriam-Webster shows it in the bottom 10% of word searches. Okay. You know, so I guess you would say, oh, that person's very, very frutescent. I, I've never heard it used in language. That, that's the problem. We, we haven't heard this used. So, Have you I, ever I described say, anybody that looked like a shrub? Oh, yeah, he never, looks like a shrub. Never. I've, I've never, yeah, the shrub thing, yeah. <laughs> so what's your next one there? The uh, soup. Super, yeah, I'll mess this up. Supererogation. Supererogation. Super, 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 super erogation. Super erogation. So it's not a, I thought initially it would be like an agriculture word, like irrigating, but it's not. Um, it sounds like an advanced form of interrogation, but it means going above and beyond what is required by duty or obligation or need. Its roots lie in medieval Latin. So it was primarily used in religious contexts. I, I don't know anybody's. I don't think I've ever heard it. Super irrigation. No, and I and super I irrigation. Super irrigation. So if it's interrogation, super irrigation. So yeah, yeah, yeah super irrigation. No, that might be a super irrigation. Yeah, never heard of it. Um, Expialidocious, even though the sound of it is something, <laughs> something quite, quite atrocious. So, hey, we know how to say that stuff. Super irrigation, uh, Yonkers. What, what else? The and, then ba- yeah, the, and the last word I'm going to say it's Y O U N K E R. I'm going to pronounce it Yonker. So it's like younger would be Y O N G E R. There's a K there, so Yonker. The older definition of this word can refer to a young man or a child. There's also a former department store founded in 1856 by the name of Yonkers, but it's online only. Otherwise, um, this isn't one used anymore. So Yonker, uh, referring to a young man or a child. I kind of get that, like a youngin, right? A Yonker. Right. It's a Yonker. 
<laughs> See, I thought I, I was saying Yonkers, but you know, so Yonkers that is you know in New Yonkers, York. Yonkers Y O N K E R. This is Y O U N. So that you would be like young. You just get the G out of there, and you got yunk yunker instead of yunker. So yunker y- Yonkers in New York isn't. That's not a, one of the boroughs, right? Yonkers so. is yeah. It's up towards Westchester. It's right. It's north of us. Yeah. But is that considered part of Manhattan? No, it's not part of Manhattan. It's part of Westchester County. Um, so Manhattan consists of Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, yeah. uh, the Bronx, and Staten Island. Staten Island. Staten so Island. I wonder, Island. Staten I wonder Island. where Yonkers, Staten Island. I wonder where Yonkers got its name from. I thought it was just always a Dutch name or something. <laughs> from the Dutch, no, Yonkers. No. Like, Don't where's go. Yonkers come from? Do you know Yonkers? He's from I have Yonkers. no idea. I have no idea. That's that's a good question, actually. I should do some R&D and get back to people on that one, right? Yeah. Yeah, check it out. So, yeah, so there's your list of nine. Now, apparently, there's a there are a bunch of others, too, that were along the way of other words that have uh, fallen out of favor. But I went through these, and I tried to think, have I seen or heard anything? And I, no, I guess... Except Aerodrome was, was the yeah. one that was the top of the heap. Yeah. And you know, I would be su- I would be surprised if we didn't hear Aerodrome on like British crime dramas or like some of the like a, D- a Downton Abbey. Oh, it's off to the Aerodrome, Mary. Are you coming right. to the Aerodrome? Right? Yeah, no, very much so. Yeah, we'll so. have to see. You know, they, they, so we we had the jet port when it was in Portland, Maine. Yeah, like, the that's jet, what they call I the, the jet port. I remember the. <laughs> Jet port. All right. It's like the jet set. You're part of the jet hey, you, set. You know what I found that I wanted to bring back as we close the show today? Um, do you remember this little graphic? Oh, yes. Don't text Go. and drive. Arrive alive, folks. That's what Tim and I like to say as we wrap up the broadcast. Thanks for joining us here on the second uh, episode of the Focus Group in 2022 on our maiden voyage with new software. Uh, for our video component. We hope you check that out. Focusgroupradio.com is the URL for our website where everything we do is housed, including our Tuesday podcast called TFG Unbutton. We want to thank Deep Discount for being a partner of ours here on the show. You can check their site out by going to ours, focusgroupradio.com, and clicking on the Deep Discount logo. And a big, big thank you to Fort Worth Fan for sending us. I'm going to go back and get those Oreo cookies back up. Here they are, folks. We got all those cookies that Tim and I will be sampling down in Rehoboth shortly, and I think we do need to videotape that. Oh, we definitely. And uh, there you go. So everybody, please have a great week. And as we said later, or we used to say at the end of our shows, which are bringing back now, don't text and drive, arrive alive. And we'll see you in the new week. It's The Focus Group with Tim Bennett and John Nash. Accessible on all platforms. Subscribe, like, and rate us on your platform of choice. Learn more at focusgroupradio.com. That was a stunning focus group.